At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. All right, folks, we got an hour with you, and we've got a good one at that. We got a lot of NBA to get to. It was a uh, pretty good night last night for the most part in terms of the association. Last game kind of sucked, uh, but at least in terms of Celtics and Bucks in that final, that was fantastic. And we also have two really good games today, big games at that. And uh, it's kind of shifted here a little bit. I thought initially, Matt, Boston, Milwaukee, Memphis, Golden State, those were the series that had the most intrigue. Mm-hmm. But now as these series have gone on, I am totally all in for tonight and cannot wait to watch these two games to see what happens between Miami Philly, and of course, Dallas and Phoenix. Yeah, when you have uh, teams that jump up 2-0 in a series, a lot of people assume the series is over. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's not been the case, obviously. Joel Embiid has made a big impact with his uh, comeback for the Sixers, and then on the the western side, you got the uh, Dallas Dallas Mavericks who uh, have found a way to give uh, Luka Doncic a lot more help, at least in the two home games. We'll see if that continues tonight. I expect at least one of the home favorites to really bounce back, and I would think Phoenix has got the better shot. And of course, the numbers are going to tell you that. The Suns are six-point favorites. The Heat are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yep, and uh, we will dive into those in detail. But it is pretty funny that, as I brought up, these home teams delivering in a really big way, right, winning and covering these contests left mm-hmm. and right. Yesterday, both of the road dogs end up getting it done uh, for their respective sides. So let's talk a little bit about Boston-Milwaukee first, because this seemed like the biggest result because – Obviously, falling down 3-1 in the series is pretty dangerous. The Memphis Grizzlies are now facing that at this point against the Golden State Warriors. But this is a Boston team that has a lot of title, I think, aspirations. They look like they're going to be a title contender. And they're down by double digits to Milwaukee. Nothing's going right. Giannis is picking on guys. He dunks on Al Horford. He's mocking him. And you're thinking, okay, like, this is it. Like, the Celtics are about to go down 3-1. Everybody's darling. And this series might be over um, through the course of four games. Although we've seen teams go down 3-1. But Al Horford got pissed, Matt Humans, And Al Horford decided to recapture his youth. Mm-hmm. He went on a tear in the fourth quarter, as did Jason Tatum, 116-108. to 108. Celtics end up winning. They cover. Game goes over the total. What would you make of Boston in that fourth quarter being able to come back against Milwaukee like well, that? I think it's interesting because Paul Howard asked me this morning, what do you think of Chris Paul? And, uh, you know, a lot of people have opinions on Chris Paul. He's, um, you know, underappreciated, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I think Al Horford is most underrated star type of player in the NBA because he doesn't get really any media hype whatsoever. But the guy can do it all. He really can do it all. And he can shoot the three. He can score inside. He can defend. Uh, But you never hear any hype about Al Horford. And last night he played like a superstar. And uh, I think he's easy to overlook when you're talking about Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. You don't hear much talk about Al Horford. He was the difference last night. Jason Tatum was terrible in game three. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are tied in this series because Al Horford showed up last night. 52 points over the last two games. A career playoff high last night for Al Horford of yeah. 30 points on 11 of 14 shooting. He was 5 of 7 from three-point range. A thunderous dunk on Giannis Antetokounmpo. That dunk was awesome. Yeah, right? was you awesome. don't see yeah. people dunk on the freak like yeah. that. And uh, that was 
That's a Al Horford career highlight. Let's put it that way. And he still got called for a attack because his arm came down. I, I thought that was hilarious. The only reason Giannis's face was in the range of his elbow is because he was fouling Al Horford, uh, and yet right. the tech is still drawn. Oh, that's it, a terrible. Call. It was ridiculous. But I think for me, it's about you know we could talk about all the numbers and the analytics and all that kind of stuff. But on your route to a potential title or going deep into the playoffs, you need games like this, right? Like you need a role player every once in a while to kind of save your bacon. Like, yes, it's nice for superstars to show up and perform in a really big way. But every once in a while, you kind of need help to get along. Al Horford was brilliant in game three and potentially won the game for them. Of course, he didn't, as we know. And then in this game, continuing that with not only the 30 points, but the eight rebounds, three assists. And what he's been able to do defensively against Giannis, like he's holding his own against Giannis Antetokounmpo in one-on-one possessions. We're going to remember the dunk and the made threes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But watching him defensively, and he's also a big reason why they changed everything around. Robert Williams doesn't play yesterday. You're thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. Like this is a big – this is maybe it for Boston. Al Horford defensively was brilliant yesterday too. That's it. Yep. He, he he does everything. He scores inside. He shoots threes. He defends. He rebounds. Uh, what more could you ask of a guy like that? I think uh, Chris Paul gets uh, plenty of media hype. A lot of people really want to see Chris Paul win a championship. Al Horford, to me, is a quiet guy you should be rooting for. You know, it, Chris Paul's like weird. Chris Paul's one of those guys like there's always sometimes, sometimes he's a punk and he. Well, there's uh, that, but I'm just more like. There's conversations sometimes where I don't know where they're coming from. Chris Paul's one of them. Like, you, you hear all this, Chris Paul doesn't get enough appreciation. I'm like, from who? Yeah. He's widely considered to be one of the best point guards of all time. His nickname is literally the point god. Like, where, where does the disrespect come from? Mm-hmm. I also saw a tweet yesterday, like, oh, yeah, they're not going to call Steph Curry washed anymore, are they? I'm like, who's calling Steph Curry washed? Except for one random Twitter account that you found. <laughs> you know? No. I, Chris Paul... I, the one hole in his resume is obviously the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. He's got a great shot to get there now, but uh, this is the type of game tonight where he's got to step up. This is one of those, I don't want to say career-defining games, but if uh, if he's ever going to have a championship season, yep. this is his best shot, and he's got to step up in a game five at home off a really poor game in Dallas when he was held to five points. So yesterday, uh, Al Horford, 35, his first career 30-point playoff outing in his 132nd career playoff game. Tatum at 24, tallied his 11th 30-point playoff outing in 58 career playoff games, uh, the third largest gap between a duo with 30 points in NBA history. And now we move on to this next game, and I think I saw a lot of people surprised that the Celtics opened up as about a five-and-a-half-point favorite uh, back at home for game five. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it makes sense, though, right? Again, if we're going back, hey, home court's worth three points. The Celtics are rated as the better team here. To me, it's like, as I was telling Scott last night on the look ahead, I think it's a half point high, you can argue, maybe. You know, I thought it was going to be more like four and a half, five, stronger toward the five as opposed to five and a half. But this still makes some sense given where I rate Boston coming back home. Still no Chris Middleton, as we know as well. Mm -hmm. So I thought this number was right on in terms of this game five. And I do think the Celtics are in a pretty good spot here to potentially uh, push this on the brink here for the Milwaukee Bucks, because the one thing that has been pretty consistent for them, they've been pretty good defensively throughout this entire series. Yes, Giannis had a really big game in game three, but they have been consistently good throughout this entire series against Milwaukee. Yeah, even though he got dunked on last night, Giannis, I'm constantly amazed by how awesome that guy is. Dude, he's great. Best player on the planet. Uh, so I'm not going to count out the Bucks, but this kind of seems like a zigzag type of series mm-hmm. where they're going to rotate wins, which I means mean, technically. Depending on how you look at it, though, Boston did cover both games in Milwaukee, right? right? 
uh, did cover, but I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about winning. Yeah, wins. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics win this one, but it goes down to the wire. I'm not going to lay the five and a half here, but I think the Celtics probably find a way to win a close game. Uh, it just feels like this is going to be an airtight series. Uh, the rest of the way, at least that's what I think. I give the Celtics a slight edge. Yep, kind of a missed opportunity for Milwaukee with the double-digit lead, and you looked like they were going to be able to take it. I will say, an absolute missed opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies last night, who lose to the Golden State Warriors in uh, one of the uglier playoff games I've ever seen. Although all mm-hmm. those '90s basketball fans had to be sitting there salivating on this one, huh? 101 to 98, the final score between these two. Uh, the Warriors come storming back in the fourth quarter. It wasn't really a storm; they weren't really down by that much throughout the entire game to end up winning this. Less than a point per possession for both teams. A horrendous shooting night. Otto Porter Jr. leading the way for the Golden State Warriors with his four of six three-point shooting. Curry right behind him at four of 14, though. Um, And you got to feel like if you're looking at Memphis, we talked about this, right? This is a better defensive team without John Morant. Are they better offensively? Absolutely not. And you saw that. Some of those half-court settings were pretty ugly. Dylan Brooks was awful offensively for the Memphis Grizzlies. But from a defensive standpoint, they put themselves in position to potentially win this game. But when you're not able to score in half-court settings, when in some situations uh, Kyle Anderson can't hit some of his free throws, too, in that game, 2-7 from from the free-throw line for him, and very, very few attempts at the free-throw line for the Grizzlies overall, if you don't kind of put your foot on the throat, a team like the Warriors are going to be able to come back, and they did. Well, it's interesting because watching this game last night, I said you're going to hear people – Talking heads today say, are the Grizzlies better without Ja Morant? They just play a different style without Ja. They play a different style. They grind it out more, and you can see that last night. In the half court, it gets really ugly. They don't really have uh, somebody who can break down the defense and make a play like Ja can uh, as an individual scorer. But I do, I kind of like their style of play in terms of uh, what they need to do to win this series without Ja because they're, they're better defensively and they can make the game ugly. And it was ugly last night. How Hell many total yeah. points did we have at halftime? 80? Yeah, so, yeah something like that. Uh, it's unbelievable to see the, the Warriors. 38? Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. To see the Warriors held down like that offensively in a first half at home. And uh, you got to give the Grizzlies defense a lot of credit. But, again, it goes back to, uh, man, if you bet the Warriors on the money line, and I'm sure a lot of betters felt like, oh, this is free money. I'm going to lay the $5 <laughs> with the Warriors, and you got to sweat bullets. You're trailing the whole way. You don't get a lead until, the what, 47 seconds left in the game. Um, it's never easy money in the NBA. You had the best bet last night, 10.5 with the Grizzlies. I always say four out of five times you can get a better number if uh, you live bet an NBA game. Yeah. Well, last night was last night was one of the five that you don't because I was looking to live bet the Grizzlies and never got the number because they, they led for the first uh, – of 59 minutes. And to give the Grizzlies credit defensively, 40, 47 too, minutes. So. Um, shot quality, if you look at some of the shot quality numbers, you'll, you'll, I think a lot of people are like, well, the Warriors are missing open shots in that game. Shot quality numbers had this uh-huh. as a, a 110-102 final in favor of the Golden State Warriors. So not that much different than what we saw out there between these two. The Grizzlies are really good defensively without John Moran out there. John Moran is a, is a below average defender. You uh-huh. can go after him. You can get the Grizzlies to start rotating. You can find open shooters when you're, go- when you're doing a lot of stuff there. It's not to say, again, to your point, that the Grizzlies are better without him because they clearly need him. When you have an offensive rating of 78 in the half court, you clearly need somebody who, who can create a shot. Not named Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I thought the Grizzlies had a great shot to push this series to seven games, oh, yeah. and that was before the Ja Morant injury. I don't know if they can do that now. I think what we're looking at here is a lost opportunity. You talked about this a lot in the previous series. What did the T-Wolves blow? Two or three games oh, yeah. against Memphis? Yep. 
this is a blown opportunity for the Grizzlies last night, and they're going to pay for it. Oh, yeah. They're hoisted by their own petard here. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we have plenty left to get to in the NBA. we get two games later tonight, of course. Uh, we will see if the two teams that won two straight can make it three straight. As Philly is on the road in Miami and Dallas is on the road um, in Phoenix. And we might get some news here because Cirque is actually flashing up to seven in favor of the Phoenix Suns. So we'll have to keep an eye on an injury report there, see if something's coming down for the Dallas Mavericks. We also have to get to the contender in Southern California. Look out. The Anaheim Angels are mashing, and Major League Baseball might be in danger. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. But uh, folks, remember that the spring special is here. Only 59 bucks, you're going to get everything VEASAN has to offer from now through the end of July. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. I've got best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down the action on the ice through the Stanley Cup playoffs. All that and more that includes golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, features everything we do, 59 bucks to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. So Matt Humans, I mentioned. So I had the I had the full setup going yesterday. Main screen NBA postseason, secondary screen San Francisco Giants, Colorado Rockies, and then on my laptop, for reasons that I cannot legally admit to, the Anaheim Angels and the Tampa Bay Rays taking mm-hmm. on one another on a website that I may have uh, shown you the other day. And all I watched the entire time was just crack, crack, crack. The Anaheim Angels just bludgeoning the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday, eleven to three, the final score. Halos get it done. But what about this? Shohei Otani, his first career Grand Slam as a major leaguer, and uh, his night versus the Rays, pretty damn good. Three of four, scored three runs, hit two homers, that Grand Slam included in there. Drove in five, didn't walk or didn't strike out either. Mike Trout went deep too. This was a really good performance from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Showtime last night in uh, Anaheim, and uh, Otani just has been the best player in baseball for the last uh, year and uh, plus. It's unfortunate we had a couple of analysts of VSIN last year who lobbied against Otani to be MVP because he, you know, he batted 250, and uh, that's some of the dumbest analysis I've ever heard on this network. This guy is uh, the most valuable player in both leagues, without a doubt, uh, the last year plus, and he's really, if you combine what he's done pitching and at the plate mm. for the past uh, since the start of last season. I'm not sure anybody's been better in the history of baseball. I don't know about this year, Matt. He's only got a 308 ERA and a 249 expected ERA, and he's only striking out 14 guys every nine innings. Yeah. His walks have been cut in half, and he's given up less than uh, you know three quarters of a home run every nine innings. So, the the uh, only guy you could say is on his level is Babe Ruth in the history of baseball. I'm serious, and that was over a century, uh, right. uh, a century ago. Essentially, uh, we're talking about Babe Ruth's best seasons. Around uh, 1920, and okay. he's and Otani's yeah. taking on athletes who have been hyper, hyper focused on their craft. Nah, it's just a different age. I mean, I don't, I don't want to compare that, but I do. I, I'm just saying that it's ridiculous that some people they even uh, question whether or not he deserved to be MVP last season. Fortunately, the voters got that one right. You weren't you weren't screwed if uh, you bet that last year. But uh, you, the more you watch this Angels team, and I don't, I'm not crazy about Joe Madden's managing style. The guy can't handle pitchers. And he almost blew the World Series for the Cubs in 2016 because he was a buffoon with the way he uh, handled his bullpen. But the Angels got probably the two best players in baseball in Otani and Trout. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely two of the top five. Who else would you put in the top five? You uh, put like a Juan Soto up there if you think that he's, you know, the way that he's been playing. Is he better than Trout? No. No. But if you're talking about like in the top five, I think right. that'd be one of the candidates. If you're talking about recent play, I mean, I think you, you might consider Manny Machado the way he's been playing this year at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but your point still stands. These are two of the top five best players in Major League Baseball. And you might have the, the two best players right. in Major League Baseball. So the Angels are 20-11. and 11. They have a one-game lead over the Astros in the division. I'm starting to believe this Angels team's going to make the playoffs and that Mike Trout's going to win a playoff game for oh the boy. first time in his career. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know that's a lot to ask, JVT. I don't want to jinx it. I watched, it's, uh, it's I watched Mike early. Trout get eliminated from his only postseason series, dog-sitting for Mitch Moss all those uh, years ago, sitting on his couch. Against Kansas City, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, it was not great. It was uh, not we're 31 games games into the season, but if you look at the talent, the Angels have all the offensive talent they need, and we haven't even started to talk about uh, Jared Walsh, Walsh, who has all of a sudden started Ward, hit hittings. And uh, uh, maybe if Rendon wakes up and starts to hit, but you have uh, you have a ton of offensive talent on I this mean, Angels team. And last night, Noah Syndergaard got to start, and he pitched well. Uh, I actually ended up betting the Angels minus 120 last night, and I I was a little bit concerned that when it was 3-1, to one, but then they blew it open offensively. They, they've got the potential uh, to put up big numbers offensively. Can you imagine a pitcher facing more of a nightmare scenario than uh, the Rays pitcher did in the seventh inning last night? Right. Bases loaded, no outs, and you got a 3-0 count on Mike Trout with Shohei Otani on deck. Right. It's, it's, it's terrorizing. <laughs> and, and the Angels took advantage yeah. of it. And Trout walked. Otani hit a slam to uh, left center. And, and we're talking about the lineup, too. But, but it's also, this is what makes this team so intriguing. They're still 25-1, to 1, by the way, to win the World Series. It, Noah Syndergaard yesterday looked a little shaky, but still five and a third. Gave up seven hits, but struck out seven. His, his lone blemish was a solo shot that he gave up to... Um, uh, Rosarena, but regardless, he performed very well. Tapera was shaky yesterday, but earned the hold. But after that, Loop comes in, only gives up a hit. Uh, Herga comes in, strikes out two. Right, you like you actually have a bullpen that seems to be improved and holding on to some of these mm-hmm. games as well. Like this is that like that's what makes this team intriguing. We knew how talented the lineup could be, yeah. but the fact that the pitching's actually improved. And Otani, I read off the numbers at the beginning of the segment. He actually is putting up better numbers as a pitcher than he was last year sure. through a smaller sample yeah. size. Like that's what makes this team so intriguing. The lineup we kind of knew the potential if everybody stayed healthy and everybody was consistent. The pitching is what has me the most intrigued about the Angels. Well, Otani got off to a slow start this season. Now he's batting two fifty two. And one thing about last season when he hit two fifty and uh, some people thought he shouldn't be he MVP. Yeah. He didn't have any protection in the lineup. He was, I would say, it's hard to soar with the Eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. He was <laughs> surrounded by turkeys in that lineup last year, wasn't he? I love that. Yeah. Who, who else did he have in the lineup with? Him? No, you're right. Trout was out. Rendon was out. There was nobody there, really. Uh, I guess Walsh would be the the one guy. Nobody else was hitting. Uh, that's part of the reason he was t- hitting 250. He wasn't seeing any pitches, but. Uh, Right now, Otani's got six homers, 21 RBIs. Combined that with what he's doing as a pitcher, awfully damn impressive. I'm starting to believe in this Angels team. Hopefully, Joe Madden doesn't screw it up. Now, Noah Syndergaard is not the same Thor we saw three years ago, right? No. His, his velocity's down. What, what are the charts showing for his fastball velocity? Because to me, it looks like it's around 92, I was going to say, last night you saw it. Like, there's like 93-mile-an-hour yeah. fastballs out there. If he wants to ratchet it up to like 95, uh, I think he can get there. Let's see, average fastball velocity, I've got it like 94.6. Uh, that's yeah. not bad. I was thinking it was going to be 93 and a half. Yeah. So, anyway, the Angels probably have enough pitching. They definitely have enough offense. Do you think they have enough pitching? 
I think. I, you bet you're an Angels fan. You bet them 25 to 1, and you should know better because right. you've been burned being an optimist about this team for so many years, but you did take the 25 to 1 what, last week? Yep, I did. Yeah. I, like, I do. I believe in it. Like, the, the pitching acquisitions have worked. The bullpen looks like it's solid. And again, too, it's not like you don't really need like frontline, like a sub 250 ERA right. guys at the front of the rotation. If you get just adequate pitching up top, this seems like a bullpen that can make it work, and the lineup is effective enough that you just need above-average arms the rest of the way mm-hmm. to be a pretty good contender here. And then, by the way, too, you talk about making the playoffs. I mean, the rest of the division, the Astros are starting to turn things around, but the Astros don't look anywhere near dangerous, and the rotation looks pretty average to above-average, right? Like, there is the potential there for them to, at the very least, make the postseason. And then when you get a lineup like that into the postseason, if fully healthy, because that's the other thing. Trout's got to stay healthy. It's been the biggest knock on him over yeah. the last couple of seasons. It's a team to be reckoned with, I think, in the American If they League. stay healthy. Yep. And it's always the it's always the caveat. And that's the problem with the Angels. They've been snake bit, you know, by injuries and other issues too many times, but it's hard to predict that as a handicapper. And uh, maybe this is a season where things go right for the Angels. It looks pretty good right now. Uh, and like you said, the Astros, I don't think they are what they've been the last five or six years. The rest of that division is a little bit weaker, and that's another uh, reason to believe that the Angels can be – a threat in the postseason. Quick rundown on baseball tonight. How about the Dodgers off that Sunday night win? They go to Pittsburgh and get beat by the Pirates yesterday. Mm-hmm. Soundly beat by the Pirates. Uh, Urias gives up a homer. Dave Roberts leaves them in the game, gives up a homer. And the Pirates pull away to win that game 5-1. to one. The teams that play on Sunday night baseball seem to be a fade on Monday. That was a strong trend a while ago, right? Like, well, it was the team was, that played Sunday night baseball to travel the next especially day. Especially if they're on the road. Yeah. The Dodgers start Tony Gonsolin tonight at Circuit right now, minus 234 at the Westgate, or excuse me, at the South Point here, 240. Um, too high a number for me to get involved, even on the run line, minus one and a half, minus 145. How about the Reds? Yes, that's the one back to back games for the first time this season. Three out of four, baby. Yeah. And Green is on the mound, who is uh, an exciting young pitcher, but the last time out, the Brewers pounded Shit. him for five homers. Why would you leave a young pitcher in the game to give up five home runs? After the third homer, get him out of the game. Let him work it out. He doesn't have his stuff. <laughs> Either that or you're just <laughs> getting beat down and scarred for life by giving up five homers in three innings. Anyway, uh, Peralta and the Brewers, about $2 favorites here against uh, Green and the Reds in Cincinnati. And uh, was, I, w- I would have a hard time betting the Reds considering how bad the Brewers beat up Green the last time out. Yes, and in two, like I know that there's a lot of hype behind Green. Also, his like advanced metrics really aren't that great either. Like the 871 ERA is a big. Prom- it's it's obviously because of the shelling that he took. Uh, but you look at a lot of it overall. Like it's not really worth to me at least a guy that I think you're finding some diamonds in the rough and trying to get 50% of the batted balls he's given up are considered hard hit. That means exit velocity of 95 miles an hour. Yeah, that, you high. know, his start against the Dodgers in yep. L.A. where he's topping 100 on the radar gun, he shut the Dodgers down for five innings. I think that's where the hype started. But also, you can't just throw gas and mow down major league lineups. Eventually, you're going to get hit. You interested in Yusei Kikuchi taking on Luis Severino, your Yankees? <laughs> Is that a Josh Applebaum play? <laughs> I think so. I think he likes huh? uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, plus 150. Yeah. And uh, last night, Kikuchi, uh, when we saw him last, right, he was dealing a little bit. He looked really uh-huh. good last time out. There was thoughts that maybe Kikuchi couldn't be a pitcher in the major leagues, and yet he struck out seven Yankees batters and went six. You know, I, I am going to like the Blue Jays in some spots against the Yankees at plus prices. I'm not sure. I don't think I'm going to play that one tonight against Luis Severino. It's also worth noting that they lost his first four starts, too. We'll come back last 30 minutes of the edge.
This is The Edge on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect, the Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions apply and other eligibility restrictions apply as well. See DraftKings.com for details. Again, DraftKings.com slash Verizon. JBT, let's talk NFL. Let's do it. So I'm actually so I'll let you set this up because I think you've got three teams in the NFC that you think could be some surprise teams, surprise contenders. And I will have to say, because I think you know where I would lean to, toward my thinking when you look at these three teams. <laughs> um, I, think so. I, I can't quit it. I can't. I looked at these three <laughs> you teams you quit. sent in. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I know again. there's but, one quarterback you can't quit. Present, yes, present, you quit. present your thing. Uh, by the way, the NFL. Is doing a wise thing this week. This week by leaking schedule. Oh, of course, um, information got to be front and center. So you have, you have a Monday night. It's not a double header, but you got two games on Monday night and week two. They're staggered starts a little bit. I think by about an hour and a half. Man, they got to start. But can I just say really quickly? Uh-huh. And they're starting to get in that direction. They got to. Le- they got to have at least. I would say like four Monday night double headers throughout the year. I've been, like, I've been saying that for 20 years. they got to ratchet this up a little bit. This is – have some West Coast games. Like, there's nothing better, especially as betters, like a late-night baseball game or a late-night NBA game yeah. to kind of, you know, bet or watch or anything like that. Like, that's fantastic. And for it to be an NFL game that starts like 7.30 for us out here on the West Coast, that'd but why, be incredible. But why not make it a doubleheader instead of staggering the starts? Right. Just make it a true doubleheader. Yeah. Both these games on week two on Monday night are on the East Coast, one in Buffalo, one in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Why not put one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, and stagger the starts? Why are you trying to split the viewership? Yep. I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, there's got to be some sort of business explanation behind it, but I, I don't know what it is. It makes a lot more sense to have a true doubleheader. Anyway, it's good to see two games on a Monday night more often. We don't need nine games in the early time slot on Sunday morning. I've always thought that right. was overkill. Uh, the latest schedule information to leak this morning is the Broncos' visit to L.A. Rams on Christmas Day. How do you feel about that? Russell Wilson Broncos and the Rams, and Rams. That's on good. Christmas Day. That's and pretty- a familiar opponent. He's seen, him, he's seen the Rams before, so that should yeah. be a fun matchup. Yeah, yeah. down with that. So we've got some uh, games up there Thursday, September 15th. Uh, Chargers at the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Monday, September 19th, Titans at Bills, Vikings at Eagles, and then on Christmas Day, Broncos at Rams. The line opens Rams minus two and a half at DraftKings. It seems like there's going to be a lot of uh, respect for the Broncos in the betting market because of Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's it's We're really to see that already. And I think actually, if you look at, if you really dive into, I was talking to Adam Hill of Las Vegas Review Journal about this yesterday. If you really look at like the numbers the stations came out with yesterday in terms of the Raiders, yeah. uh, you can actually you can see that the Broncos might actually be power rated higher than the Los Angeles Chargers. Which is right. pretty interesting. <laughs> it sure is. I, I well, you know me. I always kind of push back on the initial like, team, like newly formed team mm-hmm. is power rated this high. It always tends to be a little higher than it should be. Now, Russell Wilson's, uh, <laughs> simply put, going to have to drop some weight because he was fat 
and he looked old last year. So right. he's, oh, he's, he's going to have to get in shape and play a lot better. Look, it's uh, one metric, and you can always like put how much weight you want to put in these. But like the guys at PFF, their war metric, he has gotten worse each of the last three mm-hmm. years. Russell Westbrook, uh, Russell Wilson, I should say. I'm an NBA mode. Same, same true with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but no, you're right. He has gotten worse each year, and you can make the argument like, oh, the Seahawks shouldn't help him, all that stuff. The fact of the matter is, he has statistically gotten worse each of the last three mm-hmm. years, and he needs to be better now that he's with this team. There's no excuses now at this point. Right. Okay, let's talk about three potential NFC surprise teams. And I uh, came up with this theme for uh, Point Spread Weekly this week on the heels of Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby at 80-1. to one. Who's going to be Rich Strike that we're not going <laughs> to yeah, see coming? Huh? Who's going to be the NFC's version of Rich Strike? I still – it makes me laugh when I think about – I probably heard 25 analysts, not including the ones on NBC mm. on Saturday, break down the Derby and not one touted Rich Strike. And Larry Kalmus, who called the Derby for NBC, didn't, didn't even mention the winning horse's name until the last two seconds I'm when it ran across just the put your, like Just huh? close your eyes and listen to that call again. And just put you like just consider yourself as somebody who's just listening it's like to the audio and wondering right. what's happening. You're, you're going to be sitting back and, what the hell? Where did this come it's from? It's Epicenter and Zandon. <laughs> and the end oh, of the way, punch, that wins it. Another horse just ran by him to win the race. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so can a team pull that sort of surprise in the NFC, and I'm going to look at the NFC because the AFC, I don't really see surprises. You've got 10 or 11 teams right. that are quality, and if any of those teams made the Super Bowl, you wouldn't be stunned. They're going to beat the crap out of each other, too. Right. Obviously, the Bills ranked number one. Uh, the Chiefs right there as well. But um, I, I think when you look at the NFC, you've, you've got your top four, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the 49ers, the Packers. Beyond that... There's going to be a sleeper team or two or a surprise team emerge. The first one I wrote about and uh, led the column with, how about JVT, the Philadelphia Eagles? And when, they, when anyone breaks down the Eagles, they're going to say this. If Jalen Hurts, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's always going to start with the qualifier. Has to. If Jalen Hurts delivers, the Eagles can be good. NFC East odds at the Westgate, plus 275. NFC title odds here at the South Point for the Eagles, 20 to 1. And here at the South Point, you got the best number on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl at 50 to 1. I'm not necessarily going to talk about the Eagles as a Super Bowl team, but if, if you do want to take a shot on a long shot, 50 to 1 is a decent price on the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts uh, can deliver this season, this team has a shot. The Eagles really have all the pieces. I talked with Ed Sammons at the Westgate Superbook about this. He's a Philly guy, I was say he's a Philly. and he's typically pessimistic yeah. about Philly. He's optimistic about this team. I think for most of the right reasons, you're going to be committed to the running game on offense. Nick Sirianni, the coach, is going to be better in season two than he was last season. And with A.J. Brown lining up opposite Devontae Smith, you've got uh, two legitimate uh, threats, big-time wide receivers out there. Dallas Goddard, a tight end. There are really no excuses for Jalen Hurts. He completed 61.3% of his passes last season, 16 TDs, nine picks. He's got to get better at throwing the ball downfield. He's got to get more accurate. We all know that. But it, he turns 24 in August. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people give up on these young quarterbacks a little bit too soon. And the bottom line is, if he can improve his accuracy, he is a gamer. He is athletic. And uh, 
I'm not going to give up on him. I, I think the Eagles got some upside. What about you? Yeah, well, I agree with all that. You like you're right in saying it begins and ends with Jalen Hurts. Like to your point, deep passes. Uh, he had four touchdowns, six interceptions. He committed ten turnover worthy plays when he was throwing the ball twenty or, uh, twenty or more yards downfield. That's got to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, in terms of no play action, there was sixty nine percent of his dropbacks. He only threw ten touchdowns to seven interceptions. Averaged six point four yards per attempt. Committed fourteen turnover worthy plays. You've got to get better. Like that's so. That's the only thing to me that gives me pause is when you go back to that playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, game plan was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Beat us, Jalen. Yeah, like, right. go ahead. And he we're, couldn't do it. Yep, we're Not going to close. put a bunch of dudes in the box. We're going to stop this running game. It is on you if you could beat us. And that was a snoozer of a game until the fourth quarter. They made that, you know, that fake comeback that we mm-hmm. always see sometimes right. when teams take the foot off the gas. So I, I agree with the sentiment that I like all the pieces around it, but we know how this league operates. It's all about the guy who is pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. But I'll also say this. If Jalen Hurts doesn't work – the backup quarterback position is not terrible for the Philadelphia Eagles either. Right. So I do think that there is still some room for upper momentum, even if Hertz is not the guy by the time you get to the end of the season, that a guy like Gardner Minshew could actually maybe give them a little bit of a spark to push them toward a postseason. I like Gardner Minshew's yeah. backup. By like the way, the a Eagles, good quarterback depth chart here overall. Eagles did a really smart thing. They signed undrafted free agent Carson Strong from Nevada yeah. to be their third quarterback. I think the Eagles made a lot of strong personnel moves. All right, I talked to Visa and Vinny Maiulo about these teams as well. And the South Point's got 60-1 to on the Saints. How about that? Uh, To win the NFC, 20-1. to To win the NFC South, plus 450 at the Westgate. NFC South odds, uh, the favorite at the Westgate, the Buccaneers, minus $4. As Tom Brady, future Fox sports analyst, uh, finally going to show his age this season. I'm, turns, I'm done saying yes. I think yes. he turns 45 in August. Yeah, I think I'm done saying yes. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, you, you can't at this point. But uh, you're a guy who believes in Jameis Winston, I think, yeah. to an extent. So you're going to have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara. How good could this offense be? And as, as Vinny said, if the defense is elite, the Saints could be a threat. What do yeah, you think? I think so. And I think we see that the defense in the past has been elite. So I don't even think we have to ask if. I think you're yeah. going to get a pretty good baseline to play from this defense. And it is about Jameis Winston and how well he can perform. And he's still prone to those performances. But he was a really good deep ball thrower for them last year in the very limited sample size that we got from him. And he showed improvement in terms of consistency and in the intermediate portions of the field not committing as many turnover-worthy plays. If you contain that, like, that's, that's a team that I think has a lot around them, too. But, again, he goes back to Winston. But I believe in Winston. I think in the right mm-hmm. offensive system, he has shown enough that he could be a pretty good quarterback for a playoff-caliber team. Not going to say Super Bowl, but playoff-caliber team. And I'm, I would be in on the New Orleans Saints to be a playoff team. All right, one-minute warning. I know you can't quit Kirk Cousins. 59-59 and two career record. But he's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Dalvin Cook. And he's got a new coach. Kevin O'Connell, a former offensive co- coordinator of the Rams, takes over. And I think that could be a positive here. The Vikings plus 230 to win the NFC North, 20 to 1 to win the conference, 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. What do you think about the Vikings? I, I mean, I, I kind of like them, <laughs> but I've been burned a lot. I did, last year they were a statistical marvel, but they kept shooting themselves in the foot. They should have been better than they were last year. I think we all would agree with that from a final record standpoint. And Cousins has been, I think, a lot better than given credit for, especially last year. 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions is pretty damn good. All right, we'll come back, wrap this up. We get best bets and more as we head out of here on a Tuesday. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Are you ready for a fresh start? We mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. A couple guys here at VSEN love the Zen Nicotine Pouches, including Bill 80. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He's hooked. Did the he do the coffee-flavored Zen? I'm not I would sure. assume he loves coffee. We've got plenty of flavors. I think 10 flavors. Your wow. fresh starts here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. And warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. JVT, let's get the best bets. You had a good one last night. Grizzlies plus 10 and a half, no sweat. Yeah, especially in the NBA, it is rare to get like a wire-to-wire cover. Yep. Um, and the the Memphis Grizzlies pretty much had that for you yesterday. So, plus 10 and a half gets there. Um, a good loss for the Grizzlies, I guess if you put it that way. <laughs> really a blown opportunity <laughs> for Memphis there. Uh, and nothing tonight. Mainly because uh, I've got a few. I've, look, I've got the Suns finals ticket. I've got the Western Conference finals ticket on the Dallas Mavericks. Sit back there. I've got the 76ers to win this series against Miami, so no real pressing need to get involved in any of the games tonight. Now, I will say um, I was going to grab three and a half with Philly, but that disappeared pretty quickly, and we're down to two and a half right now because Kyle Lowry is not going to play tonight for the Miami Heat. So we can get to analyzing those matchups. We haven't talked a lot about it, but nothing tonight in terms of best bets. As these series go on, sometimes you forget about it. You don't hear anybody talk about the Bucs now and say Chris Middleton's out. Yeah, you just kind of forget those guys are. Kyle Lowry being out is a big deal for the Heat. Oh, and and when he plays, he's not healthy, right? Yeah. That's the other thing. He just doesn't look like himself when he's out there, and it's not a surprise. Tries to come back, doesn't really look that effective, and now he's going to miss this game in Miami. So, yep, kind of sucks. All right, I'll try to make it two in a row in the association. Do it. <laughs> That's big time streak. Uh, now, like I said, mostly I've been live betting these games, but I did play the Suns minus six. Not big. This is just uh, an average size or maybe a little bit smaller than that bet for me tonight. It's, I think the spot, the spot supersedes a lot of things. You can talk about how the Mavericks have adjusted, how the role players have stepped up. All that stuff's a little bit easier to do when you're at home. If you look at the uh, first two games of the series on the road, the Suns scored 127 uh, and 121. On the road, they scored 97.5. I remember what you said last week. When the series went back to Dallas, you said, eh, it's just a bad matchup for the Mavericks. Do you still believe that? Uh, defensively, you know, I, th- I don't – I do to a certain extent. Like, if they're going to continue to allow mid-range attempts and, right, funnel those, funnel those guys to the middle of the floor, then yes. But they haven't been doing that. Like, they've been doing a brilliant job of just staying in front of these guys. Reggie, mm-hmm. Like I said the other day, Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith have been fantastic in terms of not giving these dudes any space in any way whatsoever. And on top of that, on the flip side, like their offense, and I wrote about this today, even if the Suns turn things around offensively, the Mavericks have been consistently good on offense themselves. Like they, I think we forget because the lopsided result of game two, mm-hmm. they were really good offensively in both of those games. I think what did they lead at halftime? If I remember correctly, game 16 two, sixteen to fifty-eight. Right, yeah. Think, yeah. So you like you see the way that they've been performing and they've been brilliant. And you see some of this like Doncic is bringing the ball down low. He's posting guys up. He's drawing help. He's kicking it out to shooters. They're getting in the painted area of the floor. They're kicking it out to their guys. They're playing five out. Mm-hmm. It limits DeAndre Ayton's. Uh, ability to be a really good and impact defender within four feet of the basket. Same thing with JaVale McGee. Like, I just, even if they start to revert back to how they played defensively through the first two games, and if the Suns start hitting long twos, they've been doing so well on the offensive end of the floor that I think they can still overcome it, you know? 
be interesting what happens in Game 5. You would think this is going to be a Phoenix bounce-back spot tonight, and Chris Paul is yeah. going to play I mean, a lot better off that five-point uh, flop in Dallas. I think you mentioned it too, right? I mean, one spot's up to seven, so the market's heading in that direction. So you said right Circus now. Sports is up to seven yeah. on this number now, right? Yes. So looking at the screen right now, Circus up to seven. Well, I'll open up my app too. Make sure the uh, screen's I don't know on. if there's a personnel issue on the Mavericks side, but for Circa, which is a sharp book to move from six to seven this afternoon, that's sharp money. Yeah. But also, um, as we learned over the weekend with the Phoenix Suns, uh, there is support out there for the Phoenix Suns. On Sunday, the market was all over Phoenix. Drove that line up to Phoenix minus three on right. the road. They never right. sniffed a cover there. So... <laughs> He gives you an idea of uh, there's some strong support out there for the Suns. Maybe not always on the right side. South Point has moved to uh, six and a half? Yeah, six okay. and a half. Yep. All right, quick look here at the AT&T Byron Nelson and the Dallas suburbs uh, this week. The PGA on deck next week at Tulsa's Southern Hills Country Club. Scotty Scheffler is a favorite this week at about 10 to 1. Scheffler actually played a practice round in Tulsa this week and shot a 64. He played at Texas. He won the... 2015 Big 12 Championship on Tulsa's Southern Hills Country Club. So uh, it makes sense that Scheffler is going to be a favorite of a lot of people next week in the PGA. I'm not going to play him this week. I think his focus is going to be more what happens in Tulsa. Um, I think of the favorites this week, Justin Thomas would be one guy you look at at about 12-1. to 1. He's got no wins this season, but he does have six top tens in 11 starts. I'm going to go with uh, Sam Burns at 20 to 1. And I've never been able to time Burns quite right. I think I've hit one winner on him, but a lot of times I bet Burns, I've been burned. And uh, he hasn't played well. But if you look at course history here, which is what I'm basing most of my plays on this week, Sam Burns was a 54 hole leader in this tournament last year. He shot a 10 under 62 on Friday. He faded on Sunday. Obviously, he's comfortable on this course. Right now he's 21-1 to at Circa. Let's go with Sam Burns uh, to avenge what happened last year when he led after the third round. Will Zalatoris, this kid's got to win at some point. He should have won the Farmers Insurance Classic, Farmers Insurance Open, sorry, at Torrey Pines. Uh, When he lost in the playoff, blew the late lead. He's played this course countless times. Again, we're we're talking about Zalatoris and uh, Ryan Palmer, guys like this who – Actually, Cameron Champ, even guys who have played a lot of golf in Texas or are from Texas, I think they have an advantage here. Zalatoris uh, lives in the Dallas suburbs. He actually tied for 17th last year in this event. He's chasing his first PGA Tour win. He's got two seconds. I think this could be the week for Willie Z. Let's go 23 to one on him. Uh, also, going to play Cameron Champ, who I had at 50 to one two weeks ago. He had the lead on the weekend and then uh, blew it. He's at 60-1 to one this week. I think he's in pretty good form. He's threatening to knock the door down and get a win, so give him a, a shot as a long shot. And then Ryan Palmer at 125-1. to one. He's actually up to 160-1 to one at Circa right now. Ryan Palmer, a guy I don't bet very often, but there are certain courses where he plays well. He could be a candidate to be a first-round leader here if you, if you bet the first round. He, he claims to hold the course record. At uh, TPC Craig Ranch in Dallas. I could not find proof of that, but I did find that he claimed he has a course record on PGATour.com. Scotty Scheffler made his PGA Tour debut here eight years ago. This is a course where a lot of these Texas guys play really well, Hmm. and I think uh, Ryan Palmer should be in the hunt. Anyway, he's up to 160-1 to at Circa. Maybe stretching the truth a little bit. 
Who knows? Maybe he played I by mean, himself that day, and there was nobody there to document it. And uh, Like I told you guys yesterday, we were talking off the air before the show started, I have never missed an eagle putt in my life. I think I've missed eight in a row. I've never missed one. Dating to uh, last year. It's tough to even get eagle opportunities. I, I bet you've say, never had one. I was going to say, I've never had an eagle opportunity. <laughs> so that's why I've never missed an eagle right. putt in my life. Uh, all right, really quickly. Don't I forget to... also, don't forget yeah. about long shots with yes. uh, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds. They're going to tape the show right after we get done here today on VSIN, the Sports Betting um, Network. Worth pointing out a couple of things. Uh, one, Tigers A's, they are, up, they are playing in Comerica. We had an earlier game. Uh, they did not fly from Oakland to Detroit to play uh, yeah. because the A's were the home team earlier today. It was part of a doubleheader. Now they're back at it again. Uh, the Athletics and Tigers. So Tigers getting the uh, first game on the road, six nothing, and uh, now they come back. You're scoreless. But I was telling you, uh, the you guys, I don't really look at standings too often this early in the season. I was very surprised as they hold her on an under 77 and a half wins for the Detroit Tigers. They already have 20 losses. Yeah, that's good news for you. Shouldn't the A's play all of, all of their games the remainder of the season on the road? I mean, they technically kind of kind of do. Have you seen the turnout at the at, two you know, two or three thousand people at the park in Oakland? Um, the sewage pit. Over yeah, the, on Sunday afternoon, JVT, I went out to the Hawaii UNLV baseball game at the Las Vegas ballpark in Summerlin. Okay. That's such a nice park. It's going to be a top five, top ten park in all of minor league baseball. Don't you think the A's should be playing out there? <laughs> I mean, they, they could. Their offense. You've only got 10,000 seats, but the place would be packed every night. And if you're drawing two or 3,000 in Oakland, who knows? Anyway, this what would time, you make a major league total in that park? Oh, man. When the wind blows out, it's an elevation. But Especially with the, the wind lately. The college game I went to Saturday was 18-14. to 14. <laughs> So, But you'll have a little bit better pitching at the major league level. Anyway, this time tomorrow, I'll be at Zippy's in uh, Maui. Yep, send pictures. Yeah. We'll appreciate okay. it. Um, also, oh, man, guys, um, did you realize that today, Angels legend Packy Naughton is getting a start for the St. Louis Cardinals. So. <laughs> Always worth an update. Always worth you an update. Against him? Uh, no. Uh, we've got to see what pack he's got packing. All right. We're all done. Uh, vcin.com slash subscribe. Although I will say, speaking of baseball bets uh, that I may or may not make, I just, I can't, I was telling you, I can't wrap my mind around the uh, the Miami Marlins being a $1.35 favorite on the road. Although Bumgarner's analytic numbers are not very good. vcin.com slash podcast. vcin.com slash JVT. The daily best bets up there as well in the NBA. If there are any and uh, everything else we have to offer. vcin.com slash spring too. See you tomorrow.